Perfect. Hello and welcome to the Backdoor GA Show with me, John. And today I have former Antrim and current player CJ McGarty with me today. CJ Bricks. I'm good, yeah, all good. Um, just suppose it's a strange world we're living in at the minute, so just trying to keep the best we can. Yeah, yeah, and uh, whereabouts you at the minute, CJ? Like, where are you? Where are you isolating, CJ? Um, I'm just in England here at the minute. I'm doing a PGC teaching degree and um, over in Norwich here at the minute. So I'm currently just in my, my halls of residence. So forgive me for the forgive me for the background wall. <laughs> sure, could be worse. It could be worse. Yeah. It could be worse. And uh, how you how have you find the last few months, Age? Like, suppose obviously we were a bit of studying. Like, have you been, have you got a chance to play much ball, or how you fix? Um, yeah, we're playing a bit of ball there in the summer with a, with the club there in the championship. Um, probably didn't go the, the way we wanted it, but I suppose when we looked a couple of months back, we probably wouldn't have thought we we're going to be playing much football this year. So um, it was a blessing actually getting back out and playing a bit of football. Okay, okay, not so bad, not so bad. And look, we can get cracking, I suppose. You're it's a special, special club in Antrim. There, I've seen like I look I'm from Cavan and I've probably seen it very close to home as well. Like St. Gall, CJ, when did you get the ball rolling with them when you were a young lad? Oh, geez, it would have started around five, four or five, but uh, probably I was just lucky enough to come along at the right time and probably 2000 and we won our first championship really in 2001 with this current bunch of players. Um, and then I came along in probably 05, 06 um, we actually made the All-Ireland final that year um, probably in my first season um, which was nice um, we were beat by Salt Hill Nakara. and then since then from about 10 or 11 years it was very uh, successful but like any club you know over the last four or five years we've been trying to rebuild and and um, trying to bring a better youth through so um, that's where it's been at over the past couple of years. Oh, good stuff. And did, did you enjoy the underage setup that you had all the way through St. Gauls? Like you would have grown up with a lot of good players there. Yeah, as I say, look, the underage setup was very, very good at St. Gauls, and probably like a lot of clubs, um, probably because of the success at the senior level, we maybe forgot about the underage that little bit when the senior team was going well. But thankfully, over the last couple of years, the juvenile teams have started to really. Um, get back to where we were maybe in the late 90s and it seems to be a common trend with a lot of clubs you know I remember um, I think it was Christy O'Connor writing a book about Six Mile Bridge they actually won the All-Ireland in, uh, in Hurling and then a number of years later just were Division 2 in an intermediate club in their own county because they just forgot about their sort of youth because their senior success was was going well and um, but yeah I grew up with a, a lot of a lot of good players and you know, probably would have come up with the likes of Sean Burke there and Chris Kerr, who would have been my age um, coming through. And obviously, we were already coming into a team that sort of had the likes of, you know, Sean Kelly, Terry O'Neill, Colin Brady, my own two brothers, um, and a, a lot of good players. And thankfully, we, we went on to do what we wanted to do and win in All Ireland. And so, with, like, with St. Gauls, like all the way through, like he's probably the most dominant club really in Antrim for a number of years. What made you so successful, CJ? Like, was it just the panel of players, or was it just such unity within the squad? I suppose there's a lot of factors. I suppose, I say, probably in the mid nineties, the club sort of sat down four or five people within the club and put a put a structure together for underage, um, and that was reaping its rewards sort of in them all Ireland years. But yeah, I think. I think like any club, we just had once in a lifetime probably um, a group of players that were very, very 
good um they were exceptionally individually and then over the course of four five six seven eight years we then started to mold the team and started to you know have a great belief in ourselves and a great belief in each other um so i, I think it was a case of um the club putting uh, in place a youth structure plus also having good players individually that wanted to learn and then plus you know, then once we got that, starting to learn and develop as a team, going into Ulster Championships and all Ireland series, and you know that that will the the fight for each other in in them days, um, them cold winter days in different stadiums that really counted towards the end. And you're coming from a very good uh, family football and background there, CJ. Like, are you all are you all kind of semi-retired, or you just play when you get the chance, or? Uh, well, look, Kevin's Kevin's probably retired a couple of years, you know, um, he got a bad uh, cruciate knee injury and in playing St. Vincent's one night in the challenge game down in Dublin, actually against Dermot Connolly, I think it was. Nice. So the two of them went up for a ball and he done his cruciate quite badly and probably only came back for maybe a, a half of the championship final the following year and that was sort of him finished. Um, Kieran retired from football last year, still playing a bit of hurling. You know, he's, he'll be 40 this year, but probably could have still done a job for us this year. And uh, myself, I'm just still trying to play away, even though the body's trying to tell me otherwise. But <laughs> look, as, lo as long as the enjoyment's there, and, uh, you know, you, we, we probably have a duty of care within the club to try and bring the young boys along. And um, at the minute, yes, we're probably in a bit of transition that every club goes through. But look, at the end of the day, we're trying to, as an older player, you're trying to do a little bit of coaching with the younger boys and try and bring them through to that next sort of phase of their career. And what's it like to kind of play alongside your brothers all the way out throughout, like St. Gauls and Vivantrum? Like, uh, how good of a player was Kevin and your, um, your other brother? Like, how good were they growing up? Yeah, well, like I say, Kieran's probably the, the forgot about one. Um, he probably would have played a wee bit more hurling with Antrim, but, you know, uh, probably one of the best brains I've ever played with. Um, against Cora Finn, we were really struggling at different stages of the match in the All-Iron semi-final, and, you know, he was a great man for winning breaking ball and, and a great man for, you know, distribution. So, um, Kevin was also just a very good athlete um, and, uh, and had good football, but look, Probably what, what was exceptional about that group of players was that we had, you know, six or seven sets of brothers on the team. And that probably made us closer as well. Like you had the two Kellys there, the two Callickers, um, you know, you had Terry O'Neill in there, Colin Brady, they all grew up together. So, you know, I know they weren't, you know, by blood brothers, but, you know, we, we counted each other as brothers, especially going down the, the sort of stretches of Ulster Championships where we needed to depend on each other. So. Again, there was a lot of good players in there that, you know, give different um, sort of attributes towards the common theme, which was trying to get some goals over the lane. And tell me about that special All-Ireland Club win, uh, CJ. Um, special special times for your club. Yeah, look, as I say, it was special times. And it was it was probably, you know, we came across a cross and blend team, to, you know, 2011-2012 that beat us by a few points. So... You know, we're there or thereabouts for three or four years um, in sort of the All-Ireland and Ulster scenes. Um, I suppose it was special to win the All-Ireland. What, what made it even more special was that um, it was in our centenary year. And I'm not sure if any other clubs ever done that, that to win it on when you're 100 years old. Um, probably another another great thing that year was that we won the Kilton Cod Sevens in the same year. Probably something that's never been done either. So, you know, there was a lot of history making done in, in them sort of 
two or three years. Um, suppose my uncle was managing the team as well, so that sort of made it extra special. And like, how special of a victory was that for St. Gauls? Like, you know, like say at the start of 2010, did you honestly think, right, we can go on and win an All Ireland club final here? Um, probably, we probably did. I say we we're out there in 06. Cross McGlenn beat us in the Ulster final in 07. Yeah. Um, we had one or two defeats in Ulster in, um, in 08 and then 09 we actually won Ulster so I suppose it's like anything once you start getting over the next step and the next step and then the Ulster semi-final you're starting to go Jesus we aren't a bad team and I say that's one thing about us we probably always believed in our own ability that we were up there with the best in Ireland on, our, on any given day but look we, we needed a bit of luck um, not too far from probably where you're sitting in Breffney Park <laughs> we, we we played Cavan Gales in the first round of Ulster okay. and we, need, we needed a penalty to get it the extra time and probably that was one of our toughest games along with Cora Finn. So it's, that, it's, that was a good Cavan Gales team season. Yeah, it was very good Cavan Gales team. Uh, we played them a couple of years in a row actually. They beat us a couple of times and we beat them but you would have had the likes of Martin Dunn and uh, Shawnee Johnson, Michael Lind, boy, Michael Lind, sorry, that very, very good footballers and played for Cavan. So, I, I would count us getting out of Breffney that day as very lucky. And we, we actually went on to win the All-Ireland from it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, do you feel battles and kind of the dogged pitches and wet pitches, like, do you think that's what wins All-Irelands, getting out of them grounds, getting out of them tough grounds and beating yeah. teams like that, CJ? Yeah, as I say, we probably took a lot of... We took a probably... We took a tongue lashing probably in the chain room that day from the monitor <laughs> on the way home. But... It, it showed us even when we were playing badly that we were willing to go to the to the ends of the earth for each other and try and dig ourselves out of a hole. I'm probably coming away from Cavan that day that we were full of confidence saying that Jesus, we can improve seriously from this and we could go on and probably win an Ulster club, uh, which we did. But yeah, like I always believe people always talk to me about the Ulster club and I think the standard um, has went down in the Ulster club. Um, from all counties um, over the past number of years um, but I think you have to be in the Ulster Club two or three years to actually understand how to win games in it and how to dig out victories Yeah, and like you know the All-Ireland final Crow Park best field in the world CJ yeah <laughs> uh, sorry thought that oh, was <laughs> um, no it was probably yeah look it was, the, it was the best field in the world it's something probably that I had worked for for five or six years um, and I know that there was other people there that probably had, had, had done a lot of service in terms of Sean Burns, you know, who's probably been there since the mid-90s, maybe put 15 years of work into it and there's other players maybe put 10 years but it was a great feeling to win with your family, to win with your club and I suppose us as players always go back that it probably meant more to us or sorry, more to the people that brought us up um, than actually ourselves. We were actually doing it for those that, you know, probably couldn't be there in a the day because of illness or probably the ones that actually give up hours and hours of relentless time um, to try and make us the players that we were. And a lot of them were sitting in the stand that day. And it, it made us feel very proud that we were able to represent them on a national sort of arena and a national stage and actually bring home something that, they contribute, and that's what's something special about the club. Every person can say that they contributed in some way. So the man sitting in the stand might have took me at under eight, at under ten. He can actually say, well, I took him for two years. 
him a couple of skills. Uh, and that's what's so special probably about winning the All-Ireland Club, that it wasn't only the 30 players of the management that um, that contributed to it, but it was probably in around, for our club, it was maybe 200-odd people. And, like, how special is it to, like, go up them steps with your brothers as well, CJ? Like, uh, there's not many families around Ireland that can say they can do that, maybe across the Glens, maybe. Yeah, like I say, probably the only team, the only team for us is... <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but um, the only shame for us was that we we probably only did it once. Um, probably 06, we were very, very unlucky. South Hill beat us by 7-6. Um, it was one of the windiest and coldest days in Cook Park. But, you know, we probably felt on a given day, we missed a lot of freeze that day, that we could have won that too. So, again, you probably always... You probably always remember the ones you lose more than the ones you win, but it was very, very special walking up the M steps. And I say, our captain Colin Brady says it was a hundred years in the making, and that's very true. That there was people that are long dead that probably contributed to this in some way, whether it was keeping the club going financially away back when it was times were tough, or whether it was setting up the club. Um, all those years ago, that I say a lot of people contributed to it. So we were, we were actually, we felt that we were the lucky ones getting the contribute and walk up the steps to lift it on behalf of everyone within the club. Oh God, there we go again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on. There we go so, again. Yeah, yeah, no, so it's, even touching on, just suppose, your Antrim career after yeah. all, like, with, with, with St. Gaul's and bits and pieces, how enjoyed was your Antrim career teacher? Did you feel it was cut short? or? Um, it's a hard one to call. I'd say probably a lot of people have a different uh, views on it, but my view that I was always a club person first and foremost, and anyone that isn't a club person first and foremost, I, I think would need to have a good look at themselves. Um, as I say, I was I was very fortunate to grow up in a, in, in a culture where St. Gauls meant a lot to a lot of people, and um, I felt that I was representing St. Gauls when I was representing Antrim and the people of St. Gauls that actually took me through and made me sort of that player um, that was lucky enough to represent Antrim, but. No, look, I enjoyed my time through Antrim. Um, I'm not so sure it's it's finished just yet. Um, but as I say, probably we're unlucky. I've had a lot of heartbreak with Antrim in terms of we we um, we got relegated one year. Longford scored a point in the last minute to equalise against us and get his draw, and that that sent us down to Division Four again. Which it seems that there was always sort of um disappointments with Antrim but look there, I played with a lot of good players in there and there was times that we were we were going well in division three and and stuff but as I say I always always go back and say that if I was offered the chance that I would be playing for some goals first and foremost and I just think a lot of people you know with a dual club and some goals and playing hurling and stuff it always probably affected county training or county matches I remember one day we were due to play leash in the qualifiers the next day and we were made and forced by the county board to play a hurling match for St. Gauls in 8-4. And the three or four boys from St. Gauls chose to play the hurling match. Um, so it's always difficult being a being a dual player and a, you know, and a dual club and also trying to represent the county just with the GA fixtures and scheduling at the moment. And when did you when did you start for Antrim? Like, what was your first year? Uh, probably, I say we made the we had a very good minor team that made the Ulster final in 06 against Michael Murphy's Donegal team, and um, straight after that, then myself and Justin Crozier from Cargan were were and probably Sean Burke from St Gauls were 
were called into the county scene. So probably in around 06 when it was still the 18 that it was called into the county scene. Okay, okay. And like at the start, was it like you were probably were playing with a lot of good players at the start? Like, was it enjoyable at the start? When, when yeah, getting the yeah, look, there's no doubt there, there is still enjoyment in playing for Antrim and, and, and any county, and it's a, it's a privilege um, to play for your county. But I say, just it, it does take its toll on on a lot of people. And, and uh, look, it's just a it's just a, seems to be a career where if you look at every county squad now, it seems to be just twenty, you know, mid twenty year olds, and I think it's just a culture within the GA that sort of the average age of a county team um, has seemed to reduce in the number of years. Because look, not only was it difficult, um, you know, for Antrim or individually, but if you think about it, and just geographically and realistically, we were going to Limerick, Waterford, Kilkenny, um, trying to think, Sligo, London, um, places like that that were all weekend trips. You know, where some of the teams in Division 3 and Division 2 when I was playing were like, you know, Down, Calvin, Armagh, Donegal, that they were all they were all sort of handy enough trips to get to, whether you're playing home or away. And they were all Ulster derbies, which were great to look forward to. But, you know, it's very hard to get up for a game going to Wicklow or Waterford or Limerick or London when, you know, there's nothing, sometimes there's nothing even to play for. Um, and that, that takes its toll on players if you're doing that for seven or eight years in a row. And would you ultimately be saying that, you know, you need to be in your Division 1s and your 2s to be at the best? Like, because it's a complete other dogfight in your Division 3s and 4s, and that's where football is not really enjoyable. Yeah, I, I, I think, look, it's like anything. It's the higher you play up, the more enjoyable it is. Um, and as, as I say, there's, there's counties there, the likes of... Um, Westmeath, who who sort of yo-yo between Division Three and Division One in any given year, um. But look, it's it, I say it's a privilege, and look, that's just where Antrim stands at the minute. And hopefully, with the sort of heel fast um project and on at the minute, that Antrim will move up the divisions in both hurling and football fairly shortly. But it, it, there's no doubt that it's a grain for a player when you know that Jesus, like we get up to Division Three one year, and we're playing against Armagh and Derry, which was. Probably the best games I played in front from because they were the most enjoyable because there was a crowd there, there was atmosphere there. It meant a bit to play in an Ulster derby, um, but and it was probably more attractive football than actually going to Waterford, going to Dungarvan on a wet Sunday trying to play with fifteen men behind the ball wasn't that enjoyable to play against. And like say like when you're playing for Antrim and yeah you, you know you're you had your Ulster championships and you're coming up to a big old championship game on a Saturday yeah. or Sunday like did that make it make it worth playing for Antrim and them kind of summer summer Sundays? Oh, absolutely. I say the Ulster championships very special, and I know Antrim probably um, probably find themselves towards the bottom of the pack in order just at this present moment in time, but. You know, I remember making my debut against actually Calvin again, and and probably I think it was 06. Um, I came on in the last couple of league matches and did all right. And Jody Gormley actually gave me a start against Calvin, and I scored a goal that day. But they were very, very um, even the qualifiers. Some of the qualifiers, the casement was a special place to play in, and especially yeah. during the summer months, it was it was brilliant. And um, I'd say that it's definitely worth playing for for Antrim for them summer sort of atmospheres in summer months. I remember playing Throne one time down in Casement as well and they had, I think it was maybe, <laughs> I think it was actually maybe 08 um, or 2010, maybe it was 10 or 11 actually, it was a wee bit later than that, but um, 
they had a serious team at that stage still. They had most of their all Ireland winning team from 08 and we and from running the four points, you know, in front of maybe twelve, fifteen thousand that day. So Antrim had a very good team back then and and created it with atmospheres like that. It was well worth playing for the county and I would never ever put any young person coming through that to, to say don't be playing county football because it is very enjoyable but sometimes when you're doing it for seven or eight years and it, it is a massive commitment and i think you can see that around um all counties at the minute that yeah. some players are actually walking away in, in all codes yeah and case and park cj what is going on up there at all look i'm, I'm not sure what's going on and I'm, I'm not sure of the politics and you like to stay out of them things but um, as I say, Casement Park was a special place, probably probably for St Gauls as well. That when I was coming through, we, we were winning a lot of county championships in Casement Park, which made it probably that wee bit more special for, for me or for any player that ever won anything there. But, you know, uh, Faye Devlin there, because I'm living in Arbo at the minute and I live in Throne. So, um, you know, um, Faye Devlin would, would have said to me, you know, even in the late 90s and possibly, probably late 80s when he was playing, actually. <laughs> but uh, he would have said to me it was the best surface that he ever played on back then. Um, you know, so you know when someone from Trone, you know, was coming and saying that they love playing in Kismet Park, it just shows how special a place it was. And like, you know, what was their plans to kind of get Kismet Park on its feet, back on its feet as well, CJ? Like, there definitely was plans, but obviously someone went against them. Yeah, I, I think it was the residents, to be honest with you. Um, I say I don't know the, all the ins and outs of it, but I think, you know, Casement, they were trying to put um, a 50 or 40,000 stadium in and the residents were giving out about the lighting and the light that might be coming into their house and stuff. And then the social club, there was there was some issue with the social club and, and stuff like that. But um, it's a stadium that needs to be built. And um, I know that there's a guarantee because Ravenhill and um, Windsor Park get built, but... I would just worry about it in terms of, you know, the financial claim that we're in at the minute. Um, you know, there's not a lot of jobs out there at the minute and, you know, the economy might be going, you know, sort of bust at the minute. So they need to find funding for it somewhere and hopefully they can do that because, look, um, Antrim have a great project in Galefast at the minute um, going and around schools, but unless they're sort of, a, a sort of nucleus of where to work out of which would be our casement park then you know children can't come to games they can't see you know geez i, I want to play i want to grow up and i want to play in there i think it has a it, it's not only affected my sort of generation or the generation of players that are there at the minute but it's also going to affect the, the sort of nine ten eleven year olds um in in belfast and in antrim if it's not built very quickly yeah, geez, fingers fingers crossed. There's uh, something done in the very, very, very near future for, yeah. for all of uh, Antrim GA. And CJ, you play a bit of hurling as well. How'd you enjoy that? Yeah, probably. Um, I say probably. Uh, I probably enjoy the hurling slightly more. I suppose a lot of people say to me, "Do you like do you like hurling? Do you like football?" And um, the easy response for me is, "It's whatever you're going well at at, the, at that present moment." <laughs> you know, it's only a sort of natural thing, but. I suppose I, I was lucky enough and um, I had a very good minor team with Antrim um, with Antrim Hurlers and we actually got beat by Joe Canning's Galway team by a point um, we should never have been beat but you know like the likes of Neil McManus um, Aaron Graffin 
Eddie McCluskey boys like that that were very very good um, and went on to have very successful careers at Antrim and, and are doing to this day. But um, we ha- I was lucky enough to have good coaches in Samuel and McNaughton and, and Dominic McKinley and Woody that probably uh, at that that sort of minor level was 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 brilliant to play for Antrim and it was a great great um, outlet for all of us. I say we we knew we were up there with the top teams in Ireland. I think Galway went on to get beaten in the Iron Final that year by two points, so we knew we weren't far off. Um, but going back to probably your previous statement about the enjoyment, probably one of my most enjoyable and top three. And I say I remember saying about the throne game with the footballers. We played. Um, I played against Dublin, um, in Croke Park with the hurlers in the in the Leinster Championship. And Dublin were playing me in the football afterwards, and it was towards the end of the hurling match, it was near Common Day Full House. And it was, you know, it was a great enjoyment to play in Croke Park with your county, and you know, as underdogs, try and you know, try and beat the crowd and try and beat a good Dublin team. So that was very enjoyable as well. And you know, see, do, would you kind of say regarding even the answer to the football thing there, like, do you know, if you were hitting your Croke Parks and your Clonus more on a regular basis? Like, do you think you would have maybe stuck around for more of the years, or was it was it a hard one to kind of stick around for? No, I think it's only natural. I think, um, let's say, if you if you're sort of getting big games and you're you're even winning a game or two in the championship and you're getting a wee bit of momentum, or you're are you promoted from Division Four or Division Three up into Division Two, you know, I think it's a no-brainer that you stick on and 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 you keep playing. Um, but I say it's it's like anything. If you're not enjoying it, then you know. You feel at that stage you're probably not playing well in, in your own ability or you have things to work on. You probably want to go away individually. I, I'm, I'm working them and try and come back a better player. But as I said, I started, I'm not I'm not sure others might say it is, but I'm not sure if my often career is fully over. But it might be and it mightn't be. But as I say, I enjoyed my days playing for Antrim. But I definitely think um, a lot, not only myself, but a lot of other players, you know, because other players have taken breaks and come back. Um, if if you were sort of up in them higher divisions and you were hitting Clonus and Crow Park that wee bit more often, that it it, it definitely is easier to say right. Well, we'll go back next year because we're we're not that far away. The current uh, nukes and crannies of GA at the minute, CJ. Yeah. Like, did you enjoy the commitment when you're involved and going at it? Yeah, look, as I say, it, it is a it's a, it's a massive commitment and. I suppose I say I'm probably in the coaching at the minute. I'm actually coaching sorry Arbo on the 14s, and we're asking them to do a lot. And then sometimes you have to reflect and go, "Jesus, on the 14 team here, we need to sort of <laughs> chill out," you know. But we're lucky enough that in Arbo we're taking them on the 14s. It was great parent um, buy-in, and they're all for it. But like at on the 14, I know that there's some clubs going four times a week and and stuff like that, and in, in some of the bigger counties and. You know that's very hard to do, and we're lucky enough, and I say in Arbo that there is no dual club, so I can't imagine the clubs in Dublin, you know, asking the right we're going football three times a week and hurling three times a week at underage. You know, it just seems to be coming crazy, and that and that comes in the inter county sort of setups. You know, come going five, five like towards the end of my own career, some people were, some managers, you know, were asking five nights a week. Yeah. That that's crazy. Like yeah. I, I, again, I don't care if you're Dublin or you're Kerry or you're Tipperary in the hurling. Five nights a week is not healthy for any you know human being. And lucky the GPA have you know I'm a member of the GPA and they have great support services as well for players. But you know I just can't understand 
why the commitment needs to be that extreme and it's also i find that a lot of players at the minute are not playing for their clubs because they just want to play for their counties or they want the train for their counties instead of playing for their clubs which i found that's been a big swing in the ga in the last number of years that you know people are nearly forgetting about the club and concentrating on county which i think is very very unfair on club and also club players that you know give, give everything to you know to be part of but as i say it's it's just a it's a it's a massive commitment right now and and it's going down beyond their age and you know it's just i, I can even see and I, you know i can see club teams and in, in a lot of different counties videoing games that are underage and actually sitting the kids down and analyzing them and don't get me wrong there is no problem with doing that once every so often to try and coach a child to become better at a certain skill but near, it nearly seems to be every week that they're actually sitting down video matches and you know analyzing them in detail instead of actually getting out and practicing the skills with with children and trying to improve them on the pitch what can be done cj like you know we see so many players stepping away i definitely i keep saying like a robot at this stage yeah. but like having we've loads of players stepping yeah. away yeah. like what can be done cj to keep some players aboard or well look as i say it's uh, as i say it's it's the, there's a new way to life at the minute and i think the ga have a and, and county boards and clubs have a great chance to benefit and actually use their initiative you know me and you're sitting doing this from miles away you know i'm in norwich you're in cabin why why can't that be done if you're instead of instead of me coming from belfast someone coming from cushendall and hurling perspective and traveling an hour to go over the video of a match yeah. could, could it be done through zoom now you know could it be done through different platforms like that where you're actually saving money in terms of players traveling to every session and actually saving players a lot of time you know where they can actually log in for a half an hour in the evening and, and look at stuff that you know some in the old days you would have had to go and and meet as a group um so i think that could that could come into it a lot and 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 save a lot of time for players and probably save a lot of money for for county boards and um, but also in terms of gym work like i don't I, I can't understand why gym work has to be done together and um, why not have the same platform in zoom or whatever the platform is and say right county board you go and buy the equipment and each player has the equipment do it from home and just like um just like this you can do it through a zoom and someone can show you the techniques and like i think it's a time saving exercise for a lot of players because you know yourself when you're coming in from work or you're coming in from university for a lot of young players that are playing county and going jesus i have to go to i have to go from and some of our players at Antrim were coming from dublin back to belfast to train and then back to dublin again and it was crazy stuff the current product uh cj like you know we're, we're fingers crossed we're going to see a bit of county action at the end of the month yeah can you foresee it happening with all these counties still going in lockdown or what's the crack do you think i'm not i'm not sure as i say i'm over here in norwich and i'm only getting information through sort of twitter streams and stuff but yeah. i have no papers or anything but it's, it, it seems to be you know i think during the week at some stage in northern ireland it was you know it was 937 cases and in uh the republic it was you know 600 odd cases so it's going to be very difficult especially if the governments aren't working together which it should be because we're all one country at the end of the day um that you know if northern ireland has a lockdown or 
um the republic says that people can't travel and it, it is going to be very difficult to run a championship um but in fairness and in, in terms of you know health and safety is it a problem probably is but then again the other flip side and trying to balance it out is that everyone in the country probably needs a ga championship something to look forward to something to watch you know something for <laughs> something to try and cheer us all up a bit um so it's about trying to get that fame balancing act um, made it made it come down to just playing an Ulster Championship and the Leinster Championship, and then that might be the end of it. I'm not sure, but it's a bit like the club. You know, I spoke with a couple of people in different clubs, and even when the club championship, it's very hard for a player's mindset. You know, Cavan go to play is it Monaghan in the first round? Yeah. You you win that game, and then suddenly the whole thing's pulled. Yeah. You know, we could get the quarter final of the All Irons here, and the whole thing's pulled. So yeah. it's very difficult for a player to go in and go. Yes, you want to win the match, but how long is this going to last for? You know, there, there, there's the likes of Donegal Championship. Is you, you know, I, I don't know what's happening with, it, but it's going to have to be played in January. I think the Carlo semi-finals I read on Twitter have been cancelled in for January the tenth. So it's as a player, it's very, very, it will be very, very difficult to to sort of judge and try and peak at the right times. And and whether you peak at the right times and you get a bit, a bit of momentum, it can be pulled onto your feet very quickly by the government. You made a very interesting point there. Like, say we do play Monaghan and the thing's pulled again. Like, would you? Because I've I've said this since nearly day one of this lockdown. Yeah. Maybe just start fresh. I know it's a money thing with the GA, and I know the governments give us what fifteen to eighteen million to keep the GA running. But yeah. would you be in the grains that maybe start fresh in twenty twenty one when things kind of die down a bit? Because it is mad at the minute, really. Yeah, I, I think it's only going to get worse. Like you know. You have to look at the sensible approach again um in ireland whatever amount of cases there was over the course of a month and we we lay in lockdown we're nearly having that over the course of a week at the mat and we're not locking down yeah. you know so where is the where is the sense in that so say we for example we had five cases or sorry five thousand cases in a month yeah at the start of this and we're locked down we're not having five thousand in a week but we're not locking down you know, so, you know, I, I just don't understand where it's going. Yes, I love the CGA. I, I'm no bigger. There's no bigger sports fan in terms of watching rugby or soccer or anything than myself. But, you know, we have to be realistic. People's health, um, you know, are, is most important. And, you know, I know, in, I know in our own club at the minute that we one or two, you know, with a senior footballer that uh, has tested positive in the last week. We have a member of our committee that has tested positive in the last week. Um, at the in the first um, pandemic, we had our a club chairman of, you know, twenty five years. That meant means that that does mean a hell of a lot to a lot of people in the club, and he had it, um, and lucky had came through it. So, you know, it's a fine balancing act between you know people's lives and, and playing sport. And I think probably going back to your question about, <laughs> yes, looking at it fresh in twenty twenty one, where we know that we're going to get a clean year out of it, and there's going to be no hiccups. Would you take that now and miss out the championship? I probably would, yeah. rather than playing the championship and then in 2021 having to pull the pin again for the league because it, 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 it's still lingering somewhere in the background. So, but again, the other thing is it's, it's about people's, you know, mental health and mental well-being and people need to get out and play or watch sport that, you know, instead of looking like myself in the self-isolation here for 14 days, looking at four walls. Mm. And are you enjoying the bit of coaching that you're doing as well, CJ? You're obviously going back and forth 
Yeah, like I say, I was I was home um, uh, with the under fourteen team there. We were in a, we were in the county league final there a couple of weeks ago, which we won. So I'm very lucky that I'm coaching a, a very good bunch of players that are willing to learn, even though they're only fourteen years of age. But I'm very lucky to have a good sort of management team that you know that we're all willing to learn. And I say I think it's very important for parents to buy into that sort of culture that we're trying to build. Um, because look, Arbo were very good at back in the sort of nineties and eighties, and that's what they're trying to do as a club. And I'm only trying to help out because I'm I'm sort of living there and I and the girlfriends from there. So, but I also I coach Ballandary Camogues as well, and I get a lot of enjoyment out of that again. You're asking for serious commitment, and they give the, the girls that coaching at Ballandary give a, give a lot too. So I think the interest is still there in the GA, but I think it's a, a, in all coach. But I think it's just a fine balancing act of making sure that people are allowed to enjoy their lives as well as train, especially at club level. And you know, there's some counties out there. I, like I, I say, Down is a great, great county, and I've always admired them a bit, like Kerry because they play a good state of football, but I also admire them because they play Friday night matches. I'm not sure what Cavan do, but, you know, down play Friday night matches, which allows club players to go and enjoy their weekend, where a lot of counties are sticking with Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, and it doesn't really allow club players to go and enjoy their evening. Plus, if there was a game in, in my own club of St. Gauls on a Friday evening, the, the bar would make a few for a few pounds after it. So it's also hurting social clubs. So. I think the the GAA or counties need to sort of look at trying to structure a couple of Friday evening games there to give to give club uh, players a sort of weekend off and a, allow them to go away with their families and enjoy stuff. And do you think the GAA is so kind of set in the way, CJ, that you know they wouldn't even entertain the idea of Friday evening games? They wouldn't really listen to people's opinions, or is it just Saturday, Sunday, and that's it? And you know. <laughs> Yeah, look, it's it's probably a hard one because I, I think it's each county. I, I I don't think it's the GA as a whole. Um, but look, I'm I'm an awful person for being set in the ways. If you if you if you say uh, that's the best chip shop in the world, I wouldn't go to it because I'm just so natural to go to the one that I go to. So I think <laughs> I, I I think a lot of counties are like that. But you know, you've got to also take in like I know Antrim, a, a number of players approach the county board asking for Friday night games, but looking at the flip side of it and not sitting on the fence you've got to also appreciate that the Antrim County Board are trying to fit in one hurling and one football fixture each week so that's why Antrim is sort of Wednesdays and Sundays yeah. um, to try and give dual players that sort of time to sort of get fatigue out of their body and, and rest up for the football game on a Sunday but there's other counties out there probably likes a Calvin and probably likes a Trone where there's not so much hurling goes on no. Um so why why couldn't they have a couple of Friday evening games to try and help clubs out or let players go away with their families or go out with their mates? And, you know, I think that's why even I find a lot of club players are starting to become less committed because of that too. And obviously you're not just finished yet, but who would you say is the best player you've played with and against, CJ? Oh, jeez, that's a... Nice easy one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very hard one, um, I suppose. Um, look, you probably could name a number, but I, I would always go back to probably saying that, you know, most natural and probably, you know, maybe being fast, but um, our Kevin was very, very good in his days and, and Sean Kelly. Um, probably the two of them, you know, probably in terms of probably 
probably up there with the best I've played with, but they were probably the most all-rounded players I've ever seen in terms of physical, you know, could take hits, were athletic, were fit, had the ball skills to kick off both feet, you know, could read a game. The two of them were exceptional. Um, and I say, you know, we've had a, a number of, of exceptional players. I also I also played with a boy, Declan Lally, um, from Dublin when I was in Boston for a couple of summers. Um, very, very good player as well. And if you ask me the worst, I would say a cabin man. I did not. I did not. He did not as far as over in Australia one time and by Stephen Tormey. Crouchy, oh, no, I was talking to him about, t- about half an hour ago on Instagram about some gear or something. He's talking. Uh, well, 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 you tell him I was giving him awful stick on this. <laughs> so that's the worst player you played against, or the best player you played against? No, he's the worst to, I played with. Yeah, yeah. Um, best player I played against. Um, Jesus, that's it's a it's a it's a difficult one now. Um, probably one of the drone players. You know, played against Joe McMahon that day. I talked about in throwing. I also played with Joe when I went to college in Samaris. Um, but Joe was Joe was very very good player too. Um, so he would probably be up there with one of the player hardest players I've played against. Even marking him and training a couple of times as well at 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 college training. And who would be your favourite manager over the years, CJ, if you had to name one? Uh, favourite manager? Jesus. I'm not so sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't felt it. Um, no, look, it, it probably comes back to that sort of natural sort of instinct. Probably, you know, my uncle Lenny, who, you know, I suppose um, won, won the All-Ireland with us. Um, so... You know, it probably only makes sense to say him because of the success that we had um, from it. Um, but look, each manager brings its own um, its own sort of strong cards to the table. So I'd probably say him just as an all-rounder. He's a very good organizer. And for us at that time, we probably could have, you know, we had, we've been there a couple of years and probably could manage ourselves to a degree. But we just needed a wee bit of organization and a, a wee bit of structure. And a wee bit of a kick up the RC all the time, and he was able to do that. So, him probably because of his reading of situations and dealing with individuals, um, made us probably that team that that gives us that wee extra edge that got us over the line. And I know it's all very uncertain at the minute, CJ. But what would be the plans for the future? Play another few years at St. Gauls and ah, yes, as I say, probably. Another couple of years at St. Gauls and see how the things uh, plan with the county and high injuries. Mm-hmm. Had two hip operations now, and yeah. I say the body isn't brilliant. But look, I'm over here for the year studying. Um, I'll probably not be back to May, you know. So I might find it tough enough to get back into the St. Gauls team the way things are going. But look, just try to try and keep yourself ticking over. And, and I say it's it's a game that I love and enjoy. And yes, I would love to go coaching in the future, and I, I have started that sort of career, but. There's nothing that beats playing, and I, I would hope that there's another, you know, at least two, or three, four years in me, in, in terms of playing for some goals and possibly a year or two playing county, depending on how things plan out. Good stuff, CJ McGurdy. Thanks a million for joining us in the back no problem, door, Appreciate uh, that this week. And uh, I was only wearing the Antrim jersey with Luke, so I'm not actually supporting you. <laughs> <laughs> you may play us in the Ulster Championship. Oh, we might in the semi-final. Yeah. See you, top man. Thanks very much. No problem, John. Speak to you later. Cheers. Thank you. See ya.